Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. This episode is sponsored by my autoimmune healing guide. So if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that I have talked about a thriving with MS guide for those newly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I have my building blocks of health guide, and then I created the work-life harmony worksheet. So all are based on very similar principles of taking care of ourselves based on the five health building blocks, which I call them, which are nutrition, supplements, exercise, sleep, stress, and reducing your toxic load. So in the autoimmune healing guide, I've added um, a bit more information for those who are newly diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. It gives you kind of a, a tour of how to take care of yourself and empower you to take care of yourself in a different way than maybe you have before. So it's got book recommendations, podcast recommendations, time management on how to start optimizing different aspects of your life, um, specifically around nutrition, supplements, exercise, sleep management, stress management, and reducing your toxic load, as well as time management tips on how to prioritize and how, how to schedule it out. So if you want to go over to bit.ly autoimmune healing guide to download your free guide today, I would absolutely love that. And if you don't have an autoimmune disease, but you know someone who is newly diagnosed, I would really love if you could share um, this podcast episode with them so that they can download it for themselves. If you're listening to this show, you've been drawn to being inspired on how to create work-life harmony in your life. And by now, you're probably aware that I'm a doTERRA essential oil wellness advocate, but I'm stepping into this role in a much louder way this year. I'm obsessed with essential oils as simple self-care tools in our toolkit. doTERRA is the only company who sources essential oils by finding the best place in the world that the original plant grows through something called co-impact sourcing. They have incomparable transparent testing practices to create therapeutic grade essential oils and they have a heart of gold through their charitable division, Healing Hands. If you haven't had a chance to sample doTERRA essential oils yet, I'd love to send you a few samples. So email me at robinbaldwin at gmail.com and put in the subject, I want oils, so we can start to chat around what your body is currently craving in the self-care department. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 165. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we have the last interview in the success series, and we are chatting with Taylor Liu. So Taylor is a lifestyle design coach and business mentor who specializes in helping multi-passionate millennial women connect deeply to self, curate a dreamy life, and sustainably launch their brand and biz online. She has been an entrepreneur for six years and is certified in life and success coaching, image consulting, neuro-linguistic programming, and clinical hypnotherapy. 
And the interview was such fun. I'm on a high from just recording it. I had to jump on and do the bio right away. Um, so you could kind of feel the vibes right before we get into the chat. I absolutely love talking to Taylor. I wanted to scream at the end of the episode, will you be my best friend? Because it was just such a great chat. It flowed really well. I think you'll hear it in our voices, how easy it was to go back and forth. And I have some nice aha moments on the episode, which I absolutely love when that happens. Um, and we really dug deep into like work and worth and friendships and stories and all of that jazz, including success and success habits. So I know, I know you guys are going to love this episode. So let's get into the show. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Hi, I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to get you on the show. The minute I stalked you on Instagram, I knew you were an alpha female. So I am excited for our chat. Oh yeah, the words alpha and female totally resonate with me. So I'm I'm very excited to dive into what that looks like today. So my listeners know I always send over the definition of what we think an alpha female is according to myself and actually past guests have actually edited it over the years. So what did you think of the definition and how do you see yourself as one? Well, first of all, I loved how there were so many dimensions to it and there's a lot of complexity there, which I feel like to me is my definition of an alpha female. And some of my favorite parts of your definition that you sent over were that her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. And I think that's just a core piece of being an alpha female and just really seeing yourself as an intellectual, as a constant pursuer of knowledge and learning. Um, I also love the part about when an alpha female stays true to their authentic selves and their missions, they shine. I cannot stress how much this piece has really meant in my life and to me. And I feel like the minute I step out of my authenticity and my alignment, um, things just stop working. <laughs> so I feel like you know, when I really feel aligned to my mission, that's when I'm shining the brightest and it becomes really effortless. Uh, so I love that part. Yeah. It's funny how like when we effort something, it never seems to work and you're like, but I'm trying so hard. And then the minute you stop trying, whether it's in work or life, it's like, oh, that's because I'm in alignment. I get it now. Uh, <laughs> yep. And there's a lot of surrender and trust within that. And I feel like that's part of being true to our authentic selves. And it's just a beautiful process that I think a lot of people aren't talking about. So I'm, I'm happy that we're already kind of dipping our toe into that direction because I think it's so huge. Yeah. And I think it's, well, for me, it's been much easier to uh, allow myself to be authentic in life than it has been in like online business per se. So just chatting with um, a, f a former coworker at lunch today, uh, because she's back on the dating scene and I haven't dated a in a really long time. And I was just going back to like when I met my husband, I'm like, it's finally when I stopped efforting. <laughs> um, but it's the same in business. It's like, I'm constantly in what I would like to think is aligned action until I know it's not working. And then I'm like, crap, I'm in effort, not aligned action. And I don't think I have grasped that yet. Um, so that, that's my learning journey. Yeah. I mean, I think it's tough when you are crafting an intentional image online, particularly because it's this constant question of, am I posting this or writing this to 
uphold this image or is this truly authentic to me? And navigating that space is actually really, really challenging. Um, and so I, I love, I love that conversation and I love your vulnerability within that because business is not, it's not a one size fits all. It's not a, okay, this is what's authentic. Authenticity changes on like a weekly basis. Yeah. So we have to learn how to just evolve with that and show ourselves compassion and just do the best we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I could get on a, like a total tangent. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to, maybe I'll, maybe I'll come back to it. Um, if we've got time. Um, so the show is about sharing how amazing alpha females kind of craft their work life harmony. Um, so when I, when I ask the question, what does work life harmony look like for you? You can like describe a day or like how you pick priorities, but kind of give us some details around how you structure your life. Yeah. So this is a really interesting question to come up for me right now, because I got to a place where I felt like I really had mastered what this, um, optimal, uh, place looks like for me. And I'm really interested in topics like masculine and feminine energy and how you can, um, rotate that throughout the day and use both sides of your energy Um, I've also really considered myself a seasonal person. I love to go through seasons where I'm very masculine. I'm very like on it in my business, um, very regimented. And then I love to also go through seasons where I'm in total flow and just living very intuitively. So I've done a lot of thought and work around crafting this for myself. And this was also a big part of what I teach I am currently entering into a season where I am redefining what that looks like for me. Um, And so it's interesting that this question comes up now and I can definitely share some things that have worked for me, but truly I feel like the answer to this is just constantly reevaluating what this means. And that really, that really for me is work-life harmony. Yeah, it's just like constant. I love that you use reevaluating because I use the I use language like optimize all the time um, instead of like dissecting what my life and my work look like. Um, but you're so you're in the topic series around success, and the last topic series I just did was on masculine and feminine energy. <laughs> so I'm in the se- like I'm in the season of life where I'm really trying to understand and cultivate more feminine energy because I've got masculine energy like down pat. Um, but yeah, like when you start looking at the different energies, and I did an entire episode on habits that support either. I actually came up with way more habits that support feminine energy that I know I would like to do or figure out how to incorporate in my life, and I had a few masculine ones that I just am like good and I'm consistent with, but that includes hustling, um, side hustling, meditation (laughs) and stillness. And so like, there's all these movement things that I'm like, how do I incorporate it into my life? Like, how do I make it fit? Yep. And it's just so funny because I think the work life harmony question is so interesting. And I love that you're interviewing people on what it looks like for them because it's so unique. And it's constantly shifting and changing. So I want to give you a quick couple examples of times where I have 
used work-life harmony in conjunction with success and how it's been very two different sides of the same coin. So over the past two and a half years, I've gotten really, really excellent at very masculine-driven launches in my business. And I would kind of justify that way of work-life harmony and that it was seasonal. Like I briefly mentioned before, I would have a season where I was just super flowy and feminine, having so much fun and playing. And then I would have seasons of launch time where I'm dialed into my work and I'm generating lots of income, 50K plus launches. And then most recently... (laughs) I decided to do a little test. I decided to see what what would it look like if I kind of shifted that work-life harmony of it. And instead of having it be seasonal, where it would be like months of certain energies, I would make it much more um, just intuitive throughout every single day. And so what I did recently is I had a launch where I created the new service that I was selling. I created all of the marketing assets and I launched it, marketed it and sold it out in one week. Did you use a checklist? (laughs) No, no. Zero checklist, zero planning. The only masculine that was involved was just the action. Just the, like all of the writing all of the writing, all of the creation, all of the action. Whereas before, I mean, I I really can't stress this enough. I would sit down and I would just like have all of this strategy, all of this planning. People were constantly asking me for planner tips and how to uh, execute the perfect launch, all of these things. (laughs) Yeah. And this was, this is three weeks ago where I said, okay, what if I would just like actually make this extremely intuitive? And I generated over $15,000 in one week. That's awesome. In one week and created the whole thing. I'm giggling because I'm working on my first course launch for August and I have Amy Porter Fields project plan checklist in front of me (laughs) because I've never done a launch before. That's the thing. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's why I think the work-life harmony question. Like there's, there's so many aspects to it. Um, because I've had a lot of fun in my masculine launches. Yeah. But it's also like if I'm craving feminine and I'm looking at this checklist and it's like, that's a whole lot of masculine that I know needs to get done. But I'm like, how do I add play into this? Um, and it's, I, I just have those thoughts constantly so that I'm not just like so heavy in the masculine. Yeah. So I'm just going to dance every time I execute an item and then I'll be good for now. (laughs) And really the inspiration for this entire most recent launch, which like, I don't even feel like that's the correct word to use there. I'm like, was that a launch or was that just like, just inspired action? I don't know. Right. Cause the word launch is very masculine. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So I, the whole thing was inspired by a breathwork workshop. No joke. I went to a breathwork. I don't know if you've experienced breathwork before, but it is extremely, extremely powerful. And I started crying and it was just immediate clarity and vision on what I wanted to create next and exactly where I was out of alignment in my life and how I was meant to create sex success 
and sex. And sex. I was like, hmm, sex? And sex. Apparently that's wants to come out right now. <laughs> Success and sex in a totally different way. And it was just there. Like it was like, yep, this is how you do it. This is where you go. This is the action you need to take. And no checklists, no, no time blocking, no, no Excel spreadsheets, which I have all of those too, with all my lead lists and blah, blah, blah. And it was just wild. It was so cool to experience. Um, okay. So I always ask my guests, like, have you, if you ever believed in the concept of work, like life balance and things felt out of whack, did you ever have an aha moment that taught you like, I need to do something different. So let me apply this to maybe, um, your business. Have you ever felt really out of whack, maybe too much in masculine and you've just had like a a moment where you're like, Nope, I need to change this. Yes. Well, first of all, I feel like as any good alpha female, (laughs) there are lots of moments where you like, you are just way down the rabbit hole of the masculine. And I think most recently, a couple of things that came up for me is that, um, I realized that my relationship with my partner was majorly taking the backseat to my business. And it was kind of a hard realization of, wait, what's happening here? My business is always my number one priority. And my partner is totally getting the shit into the stick right now. And that felt, that felt really hard to acknowledge because I think we get so wrapped up in our, in our businesses because it's so exhilarating. It's like a drug. You're like, it's such an adrenaline rush and success in general and the pursuit of success. And when I noticed that my relationships were suffering and for a long time, I didn't even like have that awareness because I was so wrapped up in my business. And really for me, that's a form of self-care, right? It's like your, your, your personal romantic relationships are a form of self-care and that was just not coming first. And so that was a big wake up call. Another wake up call that I had recently is that I realized that so much of what I do in my business was coming from a place of proving something, proving something, like attaching your worth to. Yes. Yes. Proving my self-worth. And I have gone down this road many times of like unpacking that, getting to a place of alignment with that. But recently I've just, I, I took on so many projects, (laughs) like, so like three group programs, a self-study course, private clients, retreats, like so much. I don't know who I thought I was, just superwoman, I guess. Um, but I realized that a lot of that was just coming from a place of like a lack of self-worth, truly. And that is also uncomfortable to realize. Um, but I feel like to me, that's always a sign when I'm not prioritizing myself when I'm not really flowing and moving in my business, it's a sign that I am not valuing myself. I um, just got off the phone last night with my former naturopath from Toronto because I'm asking her to be an expert in my autoimmune thriving program that I'm launching in August. 
And, um, she was one of my first healthcare team members after my MS diagnosis. And one of the things she said to me after we did like a huge intake was, um, do you know that you don't need to be super, superwoman? And I was like, uh, sorry, what? I'm like, I don't know how not to do all of these things. Like I literally don't know. And over the years, my husband was really amazing. When I moved from Toronto to Ottawa, he made me do a spreadsheet, <laughs> which I love doing, of course of the things that I, everything I was doing from blogging to podcasting, to full-time work, to side hustles. And I had to do like, which ones brought me joy, which ones brought me income. And I had to cut out, I think he made me cut out three things. Whoa. I love that. I might steal that. I love that. (laughs) But then I have added those back in over the years. I'm like, well, I cut those out. So now I have space. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> without literally having like a cap, like, no, you don't have space. You had to cut those out. And as I work on this project launch, I'm still blogging. I'm still podcasting. Um, I'm working full time. I have a doTERRA network marketing business. And I've realized that I like intuitively park things when I need to, but I don't give them up completely because heaven forbid I let something go. Um, so yeah. Why do you think that is? Because I'm trying to prove myself constantly. Um, and I do attach, I still don't know how to unattach work and worth. Um, that is definitely work that I'm always like, I should really do this self-development work now. And then it kind of get, gets parked because I don't know the right resource or the right person to talk to So I'm just like, that's an issue I should deal with. Mm, and then I just ignore it for a while. Yeah. Which is tough because then it, it gets put into the subconscious category and there's all this junk that starts building up and then it will come out in inappropriate ways and it does eventually affect our success. So then I'm then I'm in my head I'm like I can't do this launch until I deal with this issue. I'm like crap, I better do it start dealing with it fast. <laughs> yeah, and I think um that's kind of the the space I'm in right now is that I'm really wanting to bring more even more of the personal development work to entrepreneurs. Because I think, especially as alpha females, we go to it when like shit hits the fan. When like, okay, now we're sick or, you know, our partner is feeling like really distant or, um, you know, something happens, you know, you're having no time for self-care but what if we just had that be as non-negotiable as the way we deliver to our clients or even just non-negotiable as much as like running an Epsom salt bath or our morning meditation. It's, you know, you've got to make time to do that work. We, uh, we chatted before we started recording. You asked me like, what does the pain point question mean? And it's like, yes, that's like, when shit hits the fan, what do you problem solve for? Because it's, it's, it only ever becomes, uh, something to deal with when it's painful. Um, very, very rarely we proactively take care of something. Right. And it really, every single time I do the deep subconscious transformational personal development work, my business also explodes. And so I don't understand, like, it just, why don't I put those two and two together more often? You know, I, I'm feeling like I'm at a point now where I'm just like, okay, there's no way I can forget this lesson. Like, there's no way. There's no way. Cause it's just too powerful. Yeah. 
All right. So let's dive into the success conversation. What does that word mean to you? I think for me, success is about aligning your values and your personal mission to your big vision. And then it's about feeling in that alignment at every step along the way towards that big vision in in reevaluating. You know, I, I love that word because it's like we get these big initiatives and launches going and then we may check in and say, okay, am I still in alignment with my big vision? If the answer is no, that's not success. That's cool. At least for me. Yeah, no, I love it. And um, so interesting because I just wrote a creative brief at work for the agency that I work for. And in basically every creative brief, we always write down the mission statement of the company, the vision statement, and the like the core values of that company. So it's so interesting to take something that's very corporate based and apply it to personal brands or online businesses. Yeah. And I actually have an exercise that I have people do in my uh, group program where they take their big vision and in this really cool, what does it call it? It's a mind mapping tool. And it's the software that helps you reverse engineer back from your big vision to now. And it's just really cool to actually see that. I'm a visual person, so I love things like this, but I love to see that visual alignment of what a representation of what aligned success really means. And that's something I talk about a lot is this concept of aligned success. And also I think looking at people who are quote unquote successful in the eyes of the world, celebrities, for example, and seeing how miserable they are, is just a great clue. It's a great clue that this is not success. Yeah. Cause there's uh, I don't even know what label you put on it, like uncomfortable success and aligned success. Because uh, it is true, like you can create a goal, like I would like to earn a million dollars in a year. But if all of your actions and nothing feels good, you're not happy, you're not healthy, then that could, that's technically success. But as I've just named it, uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So it's, it is really figuring out what that definition of aligned success is for you. Mm, Yes. And I think for me too, like I consider myself an observer of humanity. I just find it very interesting to people watch and also to just see people's journey and kind of learn the lessons. Um, what is the word secondhand? And I've seen the pattern so many times of people rising to this level of financial success, fame, fortune, um, status, and then they have this giant breakdown. <laughs> this giant breakdown, or even talking, even talking to people who are like on their way to that million dollar mark or multi million dollar mark. And you see the behind the scenes of their business or just talk to them and they're like, yeah, actually I'm miserable. And you're like, that's no fun. Yeah. I'm like, are we here to have a million dollars and be miserable? And I think it's possible to have a million, to make a million dollars and be in alignment. Can you usually tell when you um, like watch someone online or have a conversation, do you get like a, a, an energy hit immediately if they're in alignment or not? 
Yeah. So I have to be careful with that because I am a really, I consider myself a really intuitive person and I do, I'm someone who can really see through bullshit well. (laughs) And so the short answer is yes, but I also try to check myself and not project judgment. Okay. Uh, But I do, I, and also I always ask myself, like, how do I see that in myself? You know, I'll, I'll like a good mirror work. Yeah. Yeah. Like a good shadow work student. But Um, I do feel like it's fairly easy to tell when you know the signs. Yeah. But it's not about judgment per se. It's more so like you just, are you able to notice it in someone else? Right. Like, is it there just purely objectively? Is it there? Yeah. Cool. The uh, coworker that I was having lunch with is a Reiki master. So she was talking about how she sometimes has to walk into her full-time job with like, she's like shields up. (laughs) Cause she's just like, I read everybody. You have to protect energy. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, I, um, I'm slowly kind of learning that. Like I can sense when the energy is off in our office in like an instant. And then other times I'm pretty closed off because I'm kind of in my own bubble. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to kind of watch when I notice it and when I don't. Well, it's funny you mentioned that too. And this is just like a little tiny segue here, but we underestimate how sensitive people are to energy. And this is another reason why doing that non-negotiable personal development work is so important because when we're getting on calls with clients or we're showing up online, people can sense if something is off and they may not be able to put a finger on it. They may not be like, oh, well, she's out of alignment or, you know, they may not have the language. Just something will seem weird. Like, I just don't trust this person or I just, this just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Well, there's that, um, I don't know if it's a quote by Oprah. I maybe, I don't know. I'm, or she has shared it. Uh, and I may butcher it, but it's like, people will not remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. You made them feel. Mm -hmm. No idea who I'm attributing that quote to. (laughs) Yeah. And even like, I think it's even more than that. It's that if we're not doing the personal work and managing our own energy and reevaluating where we're standing in terms of alignment, then that is going to be obvious. And it is going to hurt your quote unquote success. It's going to hurt your sales. It's Mm going to hurt your relationships. Um, and oftentimes we're not even aware of it. And that's the hard part. So as I was stalking you online, um, I found in your highlight reel, the Sunday success habits one. Um, so I thought that would be perfect to chat about since it's, you know, labeled with success. Um, but what are the things that you do on Sunday to set you up for success for the week? So great question. Sundays are sacred days. Sundays are freaking magic days. And I feel like seeing them as such has really changed my entire business and therefore my life. Um, You know, I used to be typical uh, going out on the weekends, partying a little too hard on Saturday nights and feeling like shit on Sundays and sitting on the couch, binge watching Netflix. And so now the biggest, the biggest thing that's important in terms of Sunday success habits is intentionality. It's not trying to numb out from the week or numb out from the week to come, 
but really creating some intentional structures that you can flow through on Sundays. So first and foremost, I always recommend to people to create their Sunday non-negotiable habits. What are the things, and usually it's only three or four things that need to happen on Sunday. So for example, with my partner and I, we always tidy up the house. We always spend quality time with one another without a television, without the phones, without computer. We do some eye gazing, which is really nice. <laughs> and then I also, um, I plan for the week and then I order groceries. Mm-hmm. I saw that you use Instacart. Uh-huh. Yes. Actually, now I use Amazon Prime from Whole Foods and it is so key. But when I do those four things, it's just like, it's night and day difference. And I've noticed this with my clients as well. Like there are certain clients that I've had that will have our call during the week and I will be able to tell if they did their Sunday success habits or not. <laughs> That's awesome. It's very obvious. And then I like to throw a lot of other fun things too, specifically learning. So some Sundays, Jared and I, my partner, we have um, learning days. So we actually clear space for the entire day and we learn um, learn all the things that we don't get a chance to during the week. So that looks like reading, that looks like listening to podcasts, doing courses, um, talking like philosophy with each other. Um, just like a big learning day. And that's a really fun one that we do on Sundays. Um, and then any sort of hobbies too, like that is where I really dive into my hobbies. I love playing the harmonium and singing and dancing, um, and coloring. So it's really just like stacking your entire Sunday with intentionality along with your non-negotiable habits. Um, And that's what it's all about. And that is a game changer. That is a total freaking game changer that is really simple and easy to implement. That's so cool. Yeah, I do. Friday or Saturday, I will order. um, We have something up here called um, Click and Collect. So it's online ordering, but you can drive and just pick it up. So I'll send the husband to go and just grab the groceries. (laughs) And my my meal prep time is non-negotiable. It's like two hours on Sunday night. People are like, so can can you do something Sunday evening? I'm like, nope, <laughs> sorry. Because uh, I always do it around like from three to five. Um, and it, it like if I don't do it, I'm, I'm ordering Uber Eats every single day and wondering why my visa is going up. But I'm like, uh, it's just, I have to have it. Or I do a meal delivery service if we're out, um, out of town for the weekend. Um, and cool story about your harmonium. I literally finished an episode with Sachi Doctor for the Ayurveda series and then jumped on Instagram to check you out and saw the harmonium. I'm like, yep, she could be on the podcast just because of this reason. So funny. I love that. I've actually, my, the new thing that I've been focusing on in my business is private retreats. And mm-hmm. it's been giving me an opportunity to actually bring the beauty of the harmonium into my work, which has been so cool. When I first started learning to play, I didn't really know how that was going to fit in. Like I was like, oh, this is just going to be a hobby. And now it's somehow made its way into my work as well. 
Okay. On the cleaning thing, do you have to initiate it? Are you like, okay, babe, uh, let's do it. Or, uh, is it the other way around? It's unfortunately the other way around. My friend is definitely more clean than I am, but we have, we have our non-negotiable habits like on our refrigerator. And so I feel like just having it there, like he'll be like, all right, like we haven't done our cleaning yet. Um, and actually we're looking to, we have a cleaner come like once a month and now we're looking to actually up it to once a week or every other week, just because like if we took that out on Sunday or just like throughout the week, then we could have more space for learning or creating or hobbies or whatever else we feel like doing. So that's actually something I think we're going to, we're going to cut out. That's awesome. Um, and the other thing was learning. Do you learn separately or sometimes the same thing? It seemed like maybe both. Yes, definitely a little bit of both. Um, it's actually really cute. So I'm really big into environment, really curating your environment. And so when we have our, our learning days specifically, but also just sometimes on Sundays, like I will put the, the essential oil diffuser on I will bring certain crystals into our living room, put on some music, light candles. Like it's like a whole experience. We get our tea. Like it's very, uh, so cozy and so nice. And we will sit down on the couch and we both will kind of plan out ahead of time. Like, what is it that we're trying to learn today? (laughs) And so then we'll dive into, um, kind of our, our own thing. And then a lot of times we're just kind of sharing that knowledge. And sometimes we have, um, something that we're trying to learn together. Cool. So talk to me about, uh, the planners that you use and do you always kind of reevaluate what's going in or is that part of the Sunday success? Mm -hmm. My favorite planner, and it's been my favorite for a while is the daily greatness journal. Now I'm actually in the process currently of making my own planner just because after using paper planners for a long time, I've gotten a sense of like my system and I call it the TLC planning method, which is Taylor Lou coaching. And so I'm really excited to get that up and running, but I do, I love the daily greatness journal because it has a lot of the life coaching elements in addition to the masculine structures. So the biggest thing, like the biggest success habit that I have picked up over the years that I think is just such a no brainer. It's so simple is to plan out your day the night before, just plan it out. And what that looks like for me is I will first brainstorm a list of to do's that I'm trying to do the next day. And usually already on Sunday, I already have like a giant list. And, but the day before, um, whatever day it is, I will write out a list of to do's Then I will mark what are my top three priorities. Again, my non-negotiables that I know I need to get done that day. Then there's this little calendar space or this little, what do you call it? Like a schedule space in the Daily Greatness page. And I will write down what my hard commitments are. So I look at my Google Cal and I'll write down what my appointments are. And in between the spaces of my appointments... I will then make little brackets and plug and play those those things that are on my to-do list. 
So then I wake up in the morning, I do my morning routine, and I know exactly what I'm doing with my time when I'm doing it. Mm, I love it. We're so similar. It's kind of scary. Do you do a similar thing? Yeah. But not only that is I've been using the desire map planner for four years and I got really, really mad with the whole experience this year. And I was like, it's just a sign that I need to make my own. Yes. I mean, um, I just, I just want to simplify it down a bit and just make it. Cause that's my whole thing too, is like, I personally enjoy planning. It helps me create the vision and like get excited about what I'm doing in my week. But I also am not necessarily the person that's going to spend tons of hours making it look really beautiful or like any of that stuff. Occasionally I do on Sundays when I'm just like feeling creative, but mostly like I just want that organization. Yeah. I tried to bullet journal and it's sitting gathering dust. (laughs) Yeah. It just doesn't. And that's the thing. When I talk about masculine success habits with my clients, it I really try to stress that this is a personal process. This is a trial and error process. And just because something works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Um, But even time blocking. Time blocking is something that I love to have varying levels of time blocking. Because for me right now, especially in this more flowy state, the only time blocking I'm using currently is I have themed days. So different days for different themed tasks. Like content creation on one day, admin on another day? Okay. Content creation, client calls on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Mondays are all just like planning, getting ready for the week. Tuesdays are creation days. Uh, and then Fridays are wrapping up loose ends. But then there have been other times where I've gotten like way more intense about time blocking. But the intense time blocking is not for everyone. Like they create this beautiful thing in Google calendar with like color coded everything. And then they never adhere to that. And that was a waste of time. (laughs) The episode with Maddie Moon, she was the last interview in the masculine and feminine uh, energy spirit series. And she equated masculine energy to like the master of time and space and creating containers so that you can play. And I think time blocking. So it's like, okay, I am blocking off three to four hours on Saturday so I can play with my partner and we can knock something off the summer bucket list. But like being able to plan is so imperative so that, um, you actually do find time. Right. Cause a lot of times, especially if you are an alpha female with a lot on your list of constantly things that you're doing, it can be really difficult to get in everything that that actually makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm trying not to be uh, the person that says like what gets scheduled gets done, but it serves me well. So I'm also trying not to harp on or think things are bad that work really well in my life. Um, it's just when they start feeling bad, that's like, how do I optimize it? But if they don't feel bad, then if that masculine energy habit serves me well, cool. And that's the thing too, just to, to come back to this kind of full circle is that like, there may be like right now, honestly, I am not doing a lot of my success habits, which feels a little crazy because I was so into it, but right this second, it's feeling really good to like really let go and flow. 
and just see what I'm capable of in this space. Um, and so that's feeling really, really good right now. But I also know that I love my masculine success habits and that I will definitely bring them back probably in a few weeks. But for right now, you know, as we're recording this podcast, I'm lounging on the couch with my animals snuggling up against me today. Like I had, I did a photo shoot and then I like took a couple hours to just go eat by myself at Chipotle. And I don't know, I'm just in this, I'm in this space of just exploring and playing and somehow I'm still getting everything done that I need to get done. And it's amazing. The first year of the podcast, I had a lot of people come on the show saying like, I'm just in a different season of life. And I didn't understand it. I was like, no, I think I'm always going to be like this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, as like a new season of life hits me, I'm like, now I understand why they were calling it a season. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because you start to attach your identity to whatever season that you're in. Right. And you're like, okay, if I'm showing up like this on a daily basis, like what does that mean to who I am in the world? Exactly. Like, does this mean I'm just like a divine, divine feminine queen now? And like before I was like Miss Masculine, like, no, I don't think we need those labels. And I don't think we need to put so much pressure on ourselves to like figure it all out or like define ourselves through that. But what I think is valuable is to play in this work, this work of figuring out what is the, what are the feminines, feminine routines and rituals that feel really nourishing. And what are the masculine success habits that get you fired up? You know, a, a formula that I like to use is fire plus flow equals sustainable results. But I think that can be, it can be seasonal or it can be on a day-to-day basis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, totally. Um, it's, and it's again, figuring out potentially what, like, how do you want to feel? And then what are your aligned action items that allow you to feel that way? And that's going to be different potentially on a daily or weekly basis. Yes. And really it's just, I think the best thing that we can do And I also love to do this with my partner is to have regular check-ins, like check-in, maybe have it on your calendar if you need it on your calendar, or maybe it's on Sunday. On Sunday, you sit down and you reevaluate and you say, how is this working for me? How am I feeling throughout the week? Where are my energy levels? Where do I feel like I am totally in alignment or out of alignment? Mm, I love that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have loved the desire map planner for so long is because on the weekly basis, there are, um, cues that are very, um, similar to that type of thinking, like what core desired feeling felt easy this week, which one are you furthest away from kind of stuff. So it's allowing yourself to reevaluate, um, every single week. Yep. It's so important because we are ever evolving beings. Mm Mm-hmm. We are not ever the same. True story. <laughs> like 9 a.m. in the morning until 9 p.m. at night, we're totally different. Mm-hmm. Well, even within this conversation, I have evolved within 43 minutes so far. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I feel like we, we 
our brains are constantly trying to put things in boxes and generalize, generalize, distorting and deleting based on all of the information that's coming in, which I think is something like 2.3, 2.5 million bits of information that's coming through, through our senses at all times. And we can't handle all those bits. So we dis- delete, distort and generalize based on what our, honestly, our subconscious thinks is going to be best for us. Mm-hmm. So true. Um, okay. In this season of life, do you have any movement or fitness or exercise routines? Yes. So the biggest thing that I'm doing right now is just trying to move, honestly, like every day, go on a long walk, um, dance, do something that's non, um, non-workout related. And then I also love group fitness. Group fitness is my jam. So I love to do class pass. I love bar. I love yoga. I love spin. So I like to do a combination of like my little workout classes and then just like feel good movement. And yeah, it seems also a, uh, a theme is that my guests don't have like a set exercise routine anymore. I'm just more drawn to talking to people that just want to figure out how to move their body that feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question. Do you, do you, uh, develop stress? <laughs> like, do you, do you find yourself saying I'm, I'm stressed? Yes, it does happen sometimes. <laughs> and if so, what are your habits for eliminating or reducing perceived stress? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is kind of a fun one. Um, I love giving myself like locker room pep up speeches or talk pump up speeches. Okay. I love to look at myself in the mirror. Yeah. And I will literally deliver like straight out of remember the Titans. Just like you've got this, like relax, don't take yourself so seriously. All the things. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) That is one of my favorite go-to special little secret tools. I'm fully going to do that. Like come home from work. Like Robin, you are fine. You are not stressed. You do not have a headache. You are going to go get your glass of water. You're going to drink it. You're going to go play with your puppies and you are fine. <laughs> yes. Yep. It works. I'm telling you it works. It's hilarious, but it works. I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to film this. I'm going to set, I'm going to DM you. I'm going to be like, look what you, look what you did. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. And if anyone is listening to this right now, I would also love to see that from you. And it reminds me of the, there's a YouTube, there's a video on YouTube that went around that went viral. The little girl, the little girl. She's like, I love my life. I love my room. I love this. I love that. Yeah. And everybody watched it and was like, that's cute. But how many people actually went and did it for themselves? Yep. I mean, clearly it's, it's something like it really, and it's kind of unique. You know, I, there's plenty of things that I could say like journaling and my morning routine. And, you know, there's lot, there's lots of things like that, that I really enjoy, but that's something that I feel like is a little different. And it really, the biggest thing is it shifts your energy because one of the most powerful tools to shift your emotional state is to change your physiology. So when you're looking at yourself in the mirror and like your eyes are bright and you're smiling and you're like, you know, doing things with your arms and really getting into it, then it's an instant vibe raiser. This is my Tony Robbins, like fist pumps in the morning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. 
Yep. There's a lot of honestly science behind it. I don't know all the science behind it, but, and honestly, I haven't, like I made, as far as I know, I made this up for myself. Like I didn't get this anywhere. <laughs> I started, I feel like I did it as a child too. I just, very natural. Um, another thing that I like to do is, um, something called visual rehearsal, which this is a little more like techie. Um, and this comes from my, I'm a master NLP practitioner and this comes from that training, but basically it's rehearsing situations from different perspectives. So let's say something is like really stressing me out. If I can, if I can rehearse it in my mind from the perspective of like the different people involved in that situation, or even just like from different, um, like words that like, what if I approach this from a really confident way in a really confident way or from a really peaceful way. Um, so that's something fun that I do as well that I find really powerful because anytime you can shift your perspective about something, it, it changes because really most of the time we're the reason why we're stressed is because we're just too deep in that, in those stories, in that limiting perspective. Yeah. It's always, um, it's stress about can't change the past or future worry. Um, and it's funny because I try not to have the conversation with someone and it's not from a judgmental perspective, but, uh, when someone's like, Oh God, I'm stressed. Cause I, I, I really, really avoid saying that now in my life. Cause I know it's all my perception, whether or not I'm stressed. So, but the, sometimes I'll catch myself being like, are you stressed? Are you just like, you're just thinking that you're stressed. And then I'm like, wait a second, stop. Like, don't even, don't even start that because they're going to look at you like you're super weird. Um, I do. I am pretty outspoken about replacing stress and busyness with the word full. Um, I will, I correct myself constantly because I'll say things like I'm busy. And then I'm like, actually, no, I'm just full right now. Yeah. I do it all the time on IG stories. I'm like, I'm sorry I haven't come on to chat in a while. It's been a really busy, I mean, full week. <laughs> yep, yep. But language is powerful. And those little, like something else I don't, I try not to say is need. I don't need anything. I want. I desire. Desire. Mm. I desire or I choose. And even want is a little iffy. That's like a borderline word. But I love the power behind desire or choose. I desire to be more fit instead of like, I need to lose weight. Hmm. Or I want to lose weight. Cause it, I want to lose weight. I feel like yeah, want is still very much in the ego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. And then there was one more that I wanted to share for reducing stress, stress and or perceived stress. <laughs> perceived stress. Yes. I can't remember what it is, but maybe it'll come to me as we keep talking. Okay. Um, so I always ask about giving advice, uh, in the past, but I think I'm going to change it up for you. Uh, in your bio on IG, you say that you help multi-passionate millennial women. So, uh, if you could give one piece of advice to a 20 something millennial who is trying to figure out what their place is in this world, what is like a one sentence you would whisper to them? Yeah, I would say slow it down to do it right. Slow it down to do it right. What is the rush? Yeah, because I'm still rushing. (laughs) It's it's always like I, I, it's almost like I, my subconscious 
knows where I'm supposed to be and it's nudging me in that direction. But for some reason, I think I need to be there tomorrow. Right. And it's, it's can be a very destructive energy. I know I've felt this so much and I have so many clients I work with, especially the younger clients that I work with who are like 23, 24. And they put so much pressure on themselves to have like a six figure plus business within the year. And it's like, you're 24 years old. Yeah. You got, you got time. (laughs) You got time. And I'm not saying like, obviously I'm a big fan. I started my first business when I was 21 and that was the best thing I could have ever done for myself because I learned so much. I grew so fast. I matured so fast. Um, but at the same time, like there enjoy being young while also setting some really awesome foundations for the future. That's so true. And I think it's also all of the messages that are being bombarded. So in my day and age, I was bombarded with traditional media. Now with digital media, you're hearing, um, every, um, every life coach, entrepreneur, um, talk about really, really good clickbait titles so that they can draw in an audience, but it's promising, um, a certain amount of income and a certain amount of days, um, which obviously works from a marketing perspective, but is creating maybe this unhealthy race to uh, destination and losing. Oh, not maybe. It not is. Maybe. It is. <laughs> yeah. There's and losing no the journey. Question. So I think that's hard because, you know, in today, day and age, you have to, you have to stand out from a marketing perspective, but how are you not creating kind of this unhealthy rush in a generation that is really susceptible to, to messages? Yeah. Especially influence with people who they respect online, but don't know at all. Yeah, because they haven't had that experience yet, or they're just like, they're taking everything at face value, because I was the same way with traditional media at that age. Yeah, I think it's just they are building these relationships with these people online and like seeing the behind this quote unquote behind the scenes of their life, feeling very personally connected to them. And then when that person is a really good marketer, which there's nothing shameful or wrong about being a good marketer. But when it's exploiting people who like want so badly to be financially successful or to be an entrepreneur or whatever that dream is, right? And then when you hear that someone's going to give it to you in, you know, 90 days, that sounds awesome. You're like, yep, sign me up. And there's just, and it's hard, it's hard. It's hard as a marketer to navigate what is over promising or over glamorizing? And then what is just building the vision of what could be possible? It's difficult. It really is. And because you, you have to create some sort of parameters for expectations. So my business coach um, was like, you need to tell the, you know, people that are going to enroll in your course, how long it's going to take them to go through it. And I'm like, well, that would be really great. But if they don't do it, then I've broken that promise. I don't want to break any promises. <laughs> right, right. I think and that's where just the the wording and like the checking in with your own authenticity, like your body will tell you what mm-hmm. is in alignment for you. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And I think when we're rushing to get something done, because we're trying to, um, also not be perfect. Like I'm trying not to be a perfectionist about everything and good is better than perfect. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, am I rushing this? And I know intuitively if I'm rushing it and I'm like, nah, I'm changing that deadline. We're going to take a week to do it. So I can ask myself in meditation every single day what I really want. And that's so good because I mean, going back to your original question, so many people that I've worked with, they're just honestly stressing themselves out, like truly stressing themselves out at 25, 26 years old about not being as good as Susie Q on Instagram. And it's sad. It's honestly sad to witness because, and they also, this is a weird, just quick little weird thing that I've noticed. People look at their parents achieved wealth and they're like in their, you know, when you're a millennial, your parents are probably like in their sixties, fifties, sixties, and they're comparing themselves to their parents, which is very strange. Their parents level of like wealth and having like a big house and like all these baby, baby boomers who did well for themselves and accumulated wealth. And they're like, well, I want to have a life like my parents. So I need to like make millions now. <laughs> it's very weird. It's very strange. Yeah. And my, my, uh, so I'm like a zenial, I guess I'm at the, the, at the cusp. Um, cause I'm an 82 baby and my parents are for sure baby boomers. And I'm looking at their wealth compared to mine. And it's more so like, what can I learn now? from my father in terms of investing before, um, like he loses his cognitive function and it's things instead of saying like, how do I make sure I have the same amount of cash in my investment account that he has? Yes. And there's so, there's so much wisdom to be gleaned from the older generation, but it's so funny because that generation, when they were 25, 26, they did not, they did not have any of that. (laughs) They didn't have any of that, but they, No, not at all. And so it's just very strange that we're now putting this pressure on ourselves to like be like a 50 year old at in our mid to late 20s. So true. It's yeah, it's trying to get to a destination and stop. We're not enduring the journey, um, which is a cheesy, cheesy thing. But it just makes sense in my brain right now. Totally agreed. Um, all right. Second to last question. What are some pain points of being an alpha female, whether it's personality, a type, uh, perfectionist that, uh, what's maybe a pain point that you're problem solving for right now? You know, I think this isn't as much of a current problem, but I think in the past I have isolated myself based on this identification as an alpha female and kind of put myself in a category of I'm different than other people. People don't understand me. I see life differently. Um, and that's really just a big old case of victimhood right there. But I think that's, that's a little bit, that's a challenge that sometimes alpha females have to problem solve for because we get a very like, us, me against them kind of mentality and probably not for everybody, but that was just, that's something that's shown up for me in my life. No, it's interesting. I'm, um, 
I've talked on the podcast before and joked uh, a lot that I have been like rebuilding a friendship circle. Um, it's been three years now after moving from Toronto to Ottawa. And I thought I had met some really amazing people that turned out have really hurt me. And I'm like, Oh, here we go again. It's just like just as difficult as dating was way back when. I'm like, of course I have an amazing romantic relationship, so I'm going to struggle in the friend department. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's so hard because I, uh, one, I'm really eager and I'm, I'm pretty sure I was like this as a kid, like, hi, be my friend. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally like that too. Totally like that. But I think that that's where our, our discernment comes in, but also like, and this is just me speaking from my experience, not yours, but I definitely had a story for a while that people let me down. People don't show up for me. Like I show up for them. People aren't on the same level as me. All that jam. Oh no, we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> and it was a it was a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? And definitely a very subconscious thing. I wasn't thinking that on a day-to-day basis, but I just would choose people who would eventually let me down. Yeah, because I had be- the story your belief that was life. that they're going to do that. Yeah. Right. And then that once I really did the deep personal development work around that uh, that totally changed. Yeah. Oh, totally changed. All the work. So apparently I need to do a ton of work around stories and work and worth. I've got my honestly, homework. For me. <laughs> honestly, check out some NLP stuff like that really. Oh man. It's just, that's like a huge part of the work that I'm really focused on right now. And I think it's just so powerful. My experiences with it have just totally changed my life. So for the listeners who are like, yeah, raising their hand, like me too, me too. Um, do you have like a podcast or a book recommendation or versus like, cause I will just Google NLP. Yes, yes, yes. Good question. So I love, let's see, I'm trying to get this. I want to get this title right. Oh, I deleted the podcast app. Um, I believe it's called unfuck your brain. Okay. <laughs> okay. Excuse me, the F word, but that's it's okay. By Kara Lowenthal. That's a really, she doesn't, she talk, she doesn't talk directly on, cause it's really not even just NLP, which stands for neuro-linguistic programming. That's just like a modality within this larger body of work around reprogramming the subconscious mind. So that's a great podcast for that. Bruce Lipton, anything Bruce Lipton, amazing. And uh, Joe Dispenza, also amazing. And then uh, the other podcast would be the Jess Lively podcast. She's all about like quantum. Yeah. I'm obsessed she, with Jess. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's, <laughs> she's such a powerhouse. Um, I resonate more so with her older stuff than her newer stuff, but she's pretty incredible and just really brings a grounded approach to all of this. I, um, I feel like I haven't seen an updated episode in a while, but I was absolutely obsessed and Pretty sure I was talking about, yeah, her last episode was March 7th. Um, I felt like I was talking about her on a daily basis on IG stories. And I was like, I feel like I'm a, like fully stalking this woman. Um, but the way that she has taught me to listen to my intuition versus my mind is absolutely amazing. Because I think that's where 
um, the work starts before really understand, because yes, when I know that I'm listening to my mind and what my mind thoughts are, um, I know that those are usually not true because my mind is just trying to solve problems constantly because it thinks that's its job. Um, yeah. So I love that, um, I've got that. So now it's like, what can I dive into deeper? And she really, I think did a lot of studying of Joe Dispenza's work over the past few years. So yeah, cool. She did. She's a badass. And uh, she, uh, for me, like she, she labels it intuition. I, I love talking about communicating with your subconscious mind. Really opening up those communication portals to how do you actually get to know what's going on down there and have tools to be able to um, kind of shine a light on all of that because it's almost always like everything that we're dealing with on a cert on the surface is almost always related to things like not feeling worthy, feeling like the other day I had a client who a belief came up that she is confused or can being confused means that you don't have to make the wrong choice and then suffer the consequences of that. Like that was a deep subconscious belief that she was holding. And so because of that, she would just always be confused. So she would never make a choice, never make a choice. She's always, Oh, I don't know if I should do that. I don't very indecisive, confused about her business, confused about her brand. The second that we cleared that limiting belief, on the subconscious level, she had complete clarity around what she wanted. It's, it's wild. It feels like magic. It's quantum. It's, it's working on the quantum level and it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, I love, I love aha moments. I sometimes have them like live on the podcast and they do wonder if my listeners are like, Oh, she's having a moment. Um, <laughs> I love them. Those are like, huge. Like, like the, the episode where Betsy Milne, because I thought sitting in silence and stillness was feminine energy. And when Betsy Milne was like, uh, no, that's just you and your divine masculine. I was like, what? <laughs> it's so big. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. And then all of a sudden we're just like existing differently. Yeah. So selfishly, this podcast is fully for my own growth. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, Amazing. I think that's why all podcasts are created is selfishly for the host's um, primary like growth and self-development <laughs> or, yes. or hobby. Uh, okay, I could talk to you forever, uh, but I'm going to be cognizant of the time um, because I used to do 30-minute episodes and now the episodes are an hour and I'm like, you're just going to have to deal with it, people. I mean, it's just we got to get into all the good stuff. You know, we got, we got tangents to take care of. It's important. <laughs> For sure. So tangent us on what is your definition of happiness? <sighs> happiness. Isn't there a song that's like happiness? Da, da. Like, who is that? Ingrid Michaelson? I have no idea, but can you play it on your harmonium later? I'll have to figure it out. But yes, we can arrange that. Okay. My definition of happiness is that happiness is the moment that we realize that life is not about the destination. We've talked about that a lot already today. It's about the lessons that we learn, the people that we love, what we create and the relationship with ourselves. Mm, I love it. And I have goosebumps. Yay. Yay. That's, oh, that's it for me. Like it is not about freaking some yacht or mansion with a million dollars in a bank account. Like I want to learn all the lessons. I want to grow. I want to love. I want to create. 
And I want to cultivate this really rich relationship with myself. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much for your time and for showing up with such beautiful energy today. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me on. This is so much fun just to jam with you and learn with you. And I hope that I hope that your listeners got some good nuggets from it. I almost forgot. Where can people find you after this episode if they want to connect more? Yeah, I would say Instagram is the best place. I love hanging out on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Taylor Lou L-O-U coaching. Perfect. Thanks so much. You're so welcome. So after three years of recording the Alpha Female podcast, I did a thing. I created a Patreon page. So over the sabbatical from January to March, I started listening to the Sick Boy podcast. And they have the best way of telling their listeners to go support them on Patreon. And I I realized after listening to them that there's no reason why I can't ask for your support. So hosting a podcast, putting a podcast out there can be expensive. If I were to total up all the expenses for the past three years, I would probably gulp looking at the total amount because hosting the podcast on Libsyn and using a podcast editor, those costs add up. So I am kindly asking you if you would support me by pledging to become a Patreon supporter of the Alpha Female Podcast. So you head over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash alpha female podcast. And there's different pledge areas or tiers. So you can pledge as little as $1 a month, as little as $3 a month. I've got a $5 one and a $10 one. So pledging $1 a month gets you access to our alpha female pack Facebook group. If you pledge $3 a month, you'll get access to the Alpha Female Pack, a shout out on the show, and I would love to send you a doTERRA essential oil sample of your choice. So you get to pick from my entire collection what you'd like to try, and I'll send it over to you in the mail. If you pledge over $5 or more a month, I've got some pretty cool um, incentives. So you'll have to go and check out the page. And then especially for the $10, um, just check it out and let me know if those incentives make sense to you. This is my first time doing this. So I'd love to learn from you. If you even have your own Patreon page, let me know what um, type of edits you may want to see. And we'll go from there. So let's see how this works. Please support the show. I would very much appreciate it. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. It's the most popular mushroom product on the market, and I've actually been drinking their Shaga tea even before they sponsored the Tim Ferriss podcast. So I figured it was about time I got you guys a beautiful discount so you could snag your own mushroom coffee, tea, or hot cacao mix. I'm obsessed with the Shaga Mushroom Tea. I drink it in the afternoon for a really high dose of antioxidants, 
And then the hot cacao mix with reishi mushrooms is my favorite for an evening treat if I have a sweet tooth craving. So use the promo code alphafemale at checkout for 10% off and you can shop on their website at foursigmatic.com. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode. And just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.